Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. message I forgot my message I'm just kidding it's right here we were all in secret sorry pastor hallelujah praise God amen you may be seated in the house of God tonight I feel the holy ghost already moving in this place there is a powerful anointing on this pulpit because of my pastor glory to God There's a powerful anointing on his life. There's a powerful anointing on our pastors, Living Word family. We have some, we have probably the best preachers in the whole wide world. Give give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. And I'm not just saying that. It's true. We have the best preachers. Friend, glory to God. Amen. I'm getting ready here. When pastor told me I almost fainted. I must have been in the bathroom for about five hours today, just looking in the mirror, washing my face. I'm like, somebody pinch me. I think I'm dreaming. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of God tonight. Amen. I want you to know tonight, ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no river wide enough that's going to keep me from praising God and keep me from loving Jesus. Nothing, friend, is going to keep me from giving God all that I have and all that I am. Because I want you to know tonight, I could have woke up in the county jail. I could have woke up in a hospital bed. I could have been bound up, wrapped up with a needle in my arm, friend of mine. But I want you to know this morning, I woke up with full of Holy Ghost power. Not walk in the big yard. Hello, somebody. Not walk in front of mine with my wall, with my hand in my pocket and my shoulder on the wall. Glory to God. I'm in the house of God tonight. And I'm so excited. And I thank God for my spiritual father. This is a long time coming. This is 40 years in the making. 40 years and I got a lot here. And I got 30 minutes and I better hurry up. But I guarantee you I'll be done in 30 minutes. Amen. Even if I just walk off tonight. Father, I thank you tonight, God. I thank you for your mercy. Your mercy endures forever and ever. And you are the God of first, second, third, fourth, fifth, six chances, seven chances, eight chances. God, there's no variableness with you. You don't change. You love and your mercy endures forever. Mercy and goodness will follow us all the days of our lives. Because that's the kind of God you are. Hallelujah. And into my message, I'm a little nervous. Just bear with me. And I can't see. I'm half blind here. Glory to God. I want you to know. Hallelujah. The title of my message tonight is The Spirit of Michael, the Assassin of Zeal. The Spirit of Michael, the Assassin of Zeal. When I came to the Lord in the early 80s, you know, there was, a, there was a Jesus revolution that was happening, or the Jesus movement. 
Amen. How it already, it already impacted the whole world. For some of you, you saw that movie. Amen. You saw that movie, Jesus Revolution. Well, I want you to know it, it started in California in the 60s and 70s. Young hippies were being saved by drug and drug addicts and gang members. Even religious do-gooders were turning to Jesus. A movement in New York, Arizona, and California, and Texas was in full swing when I came to know Jesus Christ. In New York City, David Wilkerson started the Teen Challenge movement, and out of his movement, there was a young Puerto Rican man by the name of Sonny Argonzoni, and he brought his ministry right here into Los Angeles, and he started the Victory Temple, which is now Victory Outreach. In Los Angeles, other ministries uh, such as were birthed in pockets of L.A. and California Praise Chapel right there in Maywood, Mike Neville. I remember in Victory Fellowship Outreach in Texas, Freddie Garcia. And yours truly, not me, but my spiritual daddy in Victory Chapel, Monterey Park. Hallelujah. My Reuben Reina began to preach and pioneer that work. Hallelujah. Coming out of the Jesus movement. And there in the city of Arizona, Potter's House, Wayman Mitchell. And I want you to know the charismatic movement was in full swing. Hallelujah. The Catholic Church, friend of mine, was experiencing the same supernatural move as the Protestants. These movements had one thing in common. Besides their love for Jesus, there was a zeal for God. There was a burden for lost humanity and soul, friend. An excitement that spilled out of the church and into whole communities and neighborhoods and barrios. People were filled with zeal, marked by passion. There was an uncompromising fervent for people and for the house of God and for the church and for the zeal and for the fire of the Holy Ghost. There was intense enthusiasm, an emotional charge, and a fiery, unrestrained excitement was happening all over California, Texas, Texas, New York, and Arizona, and other parts of the world. Radical evangelism began to take place. And I was born again, friend, into this movement. We called it being born in the fire. Hallelujah. We were thankful, friend, because, friend, we were a bunch of drug addicts and gang members, a bunch of goody-goodies and sinners. Uh, Brother Reuben, Minister Reuben, remember, he was probably about that big when I came into church and Pastora Rose. And I want you to know, and sinners were, were, were being saved And I want you to know that Jesus saved me. And I want you to know when he saved me, when I came into the church, friend, I want you to know drugs didn't do it anymore. I want you to know the barrio didn't do it anymore. Gangs didn't do it anymore. My girlfriend didn't do it anymore. Because I got full of the Holy Ghost. I got full of the Spirit of God. And it changed my life. It filled me through and through. And I want you to know I was never the same. Oh, glory to God. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm trying to, somebody got to tell me when it's 30 minutes, please. I was filled with the Holy Ghost right there on Sunset Boulevard. Pastor Larry, Evangelist Larry Reed laid hands on me. And a whole week later, I got filled with the Holy Ghost on a, on a street corner. Just saying, Jesus is the reason for the season. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God fell on me, and I was never the same. I was never the same. But I noticed as time went on, I noticed there was some change in some of these radical saints. 
They began to slow down, but, but others were still flowing in the zeal of God. But there was others that were slowing down, and I saw it differently. I saw it as a spiritual attack like an assassin whose only objective was to target the zeal and the excitement and the passion for Jesus Christ. Some were slowing down and they were saying, oh, we're mature now. But their excitement was being extinguished. Something was keeping them from worshiping and serving God the way they really wanted to serve him. So I began to pray and seek God for myself. Did I miss something? Was I, was I, was I not mature? Was I, was I too radical or too loud? Hello, somebody. But the Spirit of God led me to the Scripture. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to read it. But you know the story in 2 Samuel chapter 6. This is my text for tonight. It's found in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 1 through 23. Glory to God. You and I know the story. David recovers the ark. David recovers the ark of the covenant. The ark, friend of mine, was gone. It was in the house of Abinadab. First it was with the Philistines for seven months. Then it went to Abinadab. And then for three months in somebody else's house. And friend of mine, David, longed for the ark of the covenant. He longed for it. And when he finally got it, when he finally brought it in, he finally brought in the ark of the covenant. The Bible says that he was dancing and shouting and singing and declaring the good works of God among the people because he was happy and excited friend that the ark was back in town the ark was back in the camp glory to God so the ark is taken into the tabernacle as David comes in with the ark it's taken to the tabernacle David offers burnt offerings and peace offerings then he blesses the people with cakes fishes and wine hallelujah then David returns to bless his home, but instead his wife, Michael, comes out and rebukes him. And David explains, it was before the Lord that I did what I did. He says, I will be more vile. He, in other words, he said, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He was excited. And I want you to know in verse 16, we find Michael, Saul's daughter, looking through a window. And I want you to know tonight it wasn't by accident that she was staring out of this window. As she sees her husband, King David, rejoicing and dancing and leaping and praising God as he comes in with the ark. After all these years, the Philistines had them in bondage. And King David had gone out and defeated them. And after recovering the ark... The ark was still not in the temple for another 20 years and three months. Now his second attempt to bring it into the city, his memory of what God done for him filled his heart. The ark represented the presence of God, the power of God in the camp. When's the last time you had the presence of God and the power of God working in your home, working in your children, working in your marriage? When's the last time you had the power and the presence of God flowing through your life, church? Because David was so excited because this is what came back into the city of David was the presence and the power of God back. And of course, Michael, Saul's daughter, is despising David in her heart. At one point, according to 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 20, Michael loved David at one point. The Bible says that she loved him 
But here we find her detesting David. She loathed David. She had it in for David. She disapproved of David. She depreciated David. Saul's daughter wanted to stop what God was doing. But I want you to know God was exposing her because she really didn't love God. And there was something spiritual at work right there happening. Her nor her daddy really worshiped or served God with zeal. Let me give you a little background. Michael was originally married to David as a reward for defeating the Philistines. In 1 Samuel chapters 18 and 19, Saul is jealous of David. He tries to kill David because the people love David and they sing songs that David has killed his 10,000 and Saul his thousand. From that day on, Saul becomes enraged in jealousy. The scripture is very clear in 1 Samuel 18 that an evil spirit from God forcibly made its way upon Saul's life. But I want you to know the meaning here is the re-entry of an unclean spirit with seven other spirits more wicked were given permission by God to come upon Saul. That's what that scripture means. So in 1 Samuel 18, Saul says, I will give David my daughter to be a snare to David. And we know Michael loved David at one point. And yet here's this man wanting to use his own daughter to be a snare. But instead of being a crown on David's head, instead of being a jewel and a trophy for David and what God would do and have done for her, instead she chooses to be a snare for David. In 1 Chronicles chapter 13, the Bible says, In the days of Saul, the ark was neglected. In Saul's time, the people did not trouble themselves about the ark of the covenant. And friend, public worship was neglected. And the zeal for God died with this family, the family that Michael grew up in. The same wicked spirit that was upon Saul would also influence Michael. Witchcraft, divination, rebellion, and stubbornness filled her heart. One moment Saul loved God, the next moment he cursed God. Saul was jealous, friend. He had double-minded and insane. But God in his love for Michael, God in his love for Michael, he gave her the opportunity to marry a king and to be free and to be delivered in his love for her. And in our text, in 2 Samuel 6, I want you to see what, what happens right here. I want to slow down just a little. The writer who penned in, 2 Samuel 6.16, the writer who penned it in, he does it intentionally by saying the daughter of Saul instead of saying the wife of David. The daughter of Saul instead of saying the wife of of David, because on this grand occasion, she manifested her father's disposition rather than her husband's spirit and zeal. She took offense at the humility which the king, in his devotion and enthusiasm and zeal for God, was displayed. She was offended. She was offended at the, the zeal that David had shown. And Saul and his daughter, Michael, they loved David's music as he worshiped, but they rejected the Samuel's word. We cannot grow spiritually, church, if we choose to worship but reject the preaching. 
The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 12 and verse 11, never be lacking in your zeal. Never be lacking in your zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor on fire. Keep your spiritual fervor and your passion for Jesus on fire. That's what it says. In the book of Acts chapter 3, a young man is healed as Peter and John enter into the temple. The Bible says he's lame from his mother's womb. And as he's healed, he begins walking, leaping, and praising God. He is instantly filled with unrestrained excitement. Instantly. He didn't need nobody to encourage him. He was instantly filled with unrestrained excitement. And he did not care if anybody accepted it. This is exactly what happens when you've been bound up for years, but the assassin of zeal attacks you. You can sit in church as the anointing of God is moving up and down the aisle, and you'll want to leap, and you'll want to jump, and you'll want to lift up your hands, and you'll want to worship God, but you won't. There will be a stirring on the inside, a burst of praise trying to come out of you, but instead you'll sit there and talk yourself out of it. There you are praying for a breakthrough. As the Holy Ghost is moving, there is a resistance inside of you. This spirit of Michael is at work preventing you from stepping out, from standing up with a shout of triumph, from lifting your hands, lifting your voice like King David. The only way to defeat this spirit, this assassin friend, is to do something you never did. You got to do something you ain't never did. For some of us, it's come to the altar. For some of us, it's run, run from that bottle. For some of us, it's run from that girl. For some of us, it's whatever it takes, get up and shout glory to God. If that's what it takes, do what it takes. But you've got to do something that you never did. You've got to do something that you never did. Oh, friend, you don't know what the Lord has done for me. When I came into the church, I was messed up. Pastora Stella brought dignity and self-respect. And Pastor Reuben, they brought dignity to me. I was a broken man. I was a broken teenager, already tired of the world, already tired of sin. And you don't know what the Lord has done for me. I was bound up. I was wrapped up. I was lost and hopeless, bound by the devil, bound by sin, on my way to a devil's hell. I was a walking, talking dead man. I had no life. I had no purpose. I had no joy. My next stop, friend of mine, was the prison cell. My next stop was life in prison. But I want you to know, Jesus gave me a choice. He gave me a chance, and I took it. And I went into the home for a whole year, and it changed my destiny. I did something I ain't never done. I went in the home and I listened to the man of God. I surrendered my life. Jesus filled me with resurrection power. The presence and power of God was back in the camp and David knew exactly what he needed to do to defeat This assassin of zeal. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In the book of Acts chapter 18, the Bible says, This man was instructed in the way of the Lord 
and being fervent in spirit, he spake and taught diligently, accurately the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. He's talking about Apollos. Apollos became a powerful man of God. You'll find him in Acts chapter 18. He didn't know about the Holy Ghost. He wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. But friend of mine, when Paul comes in, oh my friend, he said, what keeps you from baptizing me in the Holy Ghost? And I want you to know, it changed his life. He was never the same. Now you find him over here with Paul, mentioned with Paul and Apollos because he was a powerful disciple that got full of the Holy Ghost and didn't care what the world said, didn't care what the neighbor said, didn't care what anybody said because you got to get your praise on. Some of you, like me, we used to be the first one at the party and the last one out. And they carried you out. Talking about you sisters. You were, you were the first one there. You were the first one with a big tattoo on your arm. Sancho. And now you come to the house of God and you're all proper. A friend of mine, if you haven't noticed... We are living in some dangerous times. It's either Barnabas, Barabbas, or it's Jesus. It's either Barabbas or it's Jesus. You and I have got to get full of the Holy Ghost. We've got to get full of zeal. We've got to come and back up our pastor, back up our leaders, back up our church, and take this gospel to the four corners of the world and preach it like we ain't never done before. Grab your wife, grab your kids, and take them out there. And fill your pocket with a pocket of tracks and go for it. What do you got to lose? I'm telling you, if you do that, it'll change you. It'll change you. When me and Angie first started talking and dating, Pastor let me with our chaperone. The first thing I did was took her to the streets. I didn't take her to Denny's. I didn't take her to Red Lobster. I took her to the streets. Glory to God. And we might go there for our honeymoon. I told Izzy, to the streets is where it's at. To the streets where there's lost and dying and hurting people just like you and I were. And friend, if we don't reach them, who's going to? If we don't stand up for God, who's going to? If we don't get Holy Ghosted, if we don't get on fire for God, then who's going to? Who's going to? Oh, my goodness. Thank you, man. Uh, this shirt was a little tight, but I didn't care. <laughs> it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Stop waiting. Stop waiting. We, we, have, a, we have a legend here coming out of the, the Jesus movement. We're on fire because he's on fire. You think we're on fire because we decide? No, because Pastor Reuben Reina, friend of mine, was a man of fire. And he still is. And I'll go anywhere with him. I'll do anything. Me and Angie will go wherever. I don't care. Send me anywhere. Hawaii, preferably. You ain't going, I'm going. We'll go anywhere. Don't send me to the palm trees and the beaches. Send me where the worst sinners are. Send me where the worst drug addicts are. Send me where the worst gang members are. Send me where, where people are hurting and dying and on their way to hell, friend. And I'll go in there with the power of God like David with the ark, the presence of God and the power of God. And we will change that environment. 
We will change that atmosphere. We will change it. Not because of me and her, even though I'm handsome and good looking. Thank you, brother. He knows. Not Reuben. Because, friend, what have we got to lose? That's why we're here. God saved us for a reason. I'm, I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. I'm too old. I'm 27, Pastor. I'm too old. I'm too old to play games. And I'm too old to please people that don't like me. I'm sorry. I've got to shout. I've got to dance. Jesus didn't stay, stop dancing. He said, change partners. So I've changed partners. And friend of mine, I'm dancing for Jesus. I'm dancing for God. I'm excited about the gospel. I'm excited about my future. I'm excited about the the future of Living Word family because we're taking it to the devil. And we ain't going to let the devil win, friend. I don't care what he does in this world. We are not going to sit back and let him defeat us, you and I. Because the church of the living God is the most powerful vehicle on the planet. Glory to God. In closing. In closing. David said, it was before the Lord. God is here tonight. And you know what? You know what you need to do. I'm not going to spend 30 minutes trying to convince you. You already know. I already know what I needed to do. I surrendered and went into the home. Three years. It ain't been easy. I was, I have pastors, is that okay if I, I was making good money. I came, I rolled up with four cars and 10, 18 grand in my pocket. And I got left it all for the gospel, for the, for the pearl of great price. Because there's no money. There's no amount of money that's worth my life. Nothing that's worth my children and my grandbabies. No amount of money. No amount of car. Nothing, friend, is compared to you and your family. So rise up, church, and take it to the devil tonight and get full of the Holy Ghost and stop being afraid to lift your hands. If you, if I hear you, it's okay. I'll be the. I'll be over here with you. It'll be me and you praising God. But that ain't happening in this house because this house is full of righteous believers. Glory to God. You guys are good people on fire for God. And I want you to know I love you and I thank God for you. And I thank God for my pastor. And I don't know if I'll ever get to preach again. But I just had to say it. I love you. And I thank God for you. I love you all. I love you all. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, your kingdom come, Lord. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom is here. And what you're saying is you're saying to the body of Christ, to this local assembly, this local assembly, living word in La Mirada and the rest of those that are watching on social media, and anybody that shares this and any word, any person that hears this, God is saying to you tonight, you've got to do something you never did for the kingdom. 
Do something you have never done. For some of you, you got to get saved. For some of you, you've got to turn your back on your sin. You've got to leave sin. It ain't easy, I know. I've, I've been there. For some of us, there's pet sin. For some of us, there's things that God is trying to do in our lives for years, and we just, we just resist him. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you tonight. Christian, he's speaking to you. Please don't hear Phil. Hear the voice within the voice. Hear the Holy Spirit calling you. Your life depends on it. He's calling his church to rise up. He's calling his church like David to get up and do whatever you got to do to get the presence of God back in your life and the power of God flowing in your home. What's lacking is the power and the presence of God in our homes. If our homes are destroyed, our country is destroyed. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, I want you to publicly stand up and come to the altar in front of all these witnesses and give your life to Jesus. And we'll pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. But that's what you need to do tonight. Come to the altar and give your life. Start right there. Start with your life, giving it to Jesus. For those of you on social media, reach out to us. Reach out to us. We love you. We love you. I want you to follow me in this prayer. I want you to pray this prayer, but I don't want you to say it to me. Say it to Jesus. Say it to God. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. I know I'm a sinner. Sin isn't what I do. I'm a sinner. Sin isn't what I do. I am a sinner. And I need to be saved so that you can help me with my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Jesus, I turn my back on sin tonight. I turn my back on rebellion I confess you with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you died and were rose on the third day and according to your word, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm born again. Hallelujah. Christian, God loves you. We are living in dangerous times. Dangerous times. It's time to rise up it's time to get on fire for God. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord on fire and full of passion. And if that's not you tonight, then you know what you need to do. Don't be religious. Don't be religious, Christian. Shake yourself. Shake yourself. I got to do that every single day. These altars are open, Christian. Come on up. Do something different. Let God move in your heart. The altars are open. Father, we love you tonight. We love you tonight, God. 
God, we love you. We praise you and we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor and all the worship and all the praise. We love you and we glorify your name. We glorify your name. Pastors, if you could come. Brothers, leaders can come and pray, please. Father, we love you and we praise you tonight. We give you all the glory and all.